Hey everyone, Mark and Steve here. Before we get started today, we want to let you know about Dare to Connect, our new online interactive video platform. For less than the cost of a therapy session, you and your spouse get live access to both of us three times a week. Each 30-minute live group support session provides interactive mentoring and healing for addicts, spouses, and couples. If you're loving our podcast and our unique style of bringing you recovery, you're going to love Dare to Connect. To learn more, go to daretoconnectnow.com. We're looking forward to seeing and working with you. Hey, everybody. I'm Steve Moore. And I'm Mark Castleman. We know the pain and heartbreak of porn and sex addiction. And we know the triumph of breaking completely free. Every day, we help our clients find hope and healing. Join us in the fight to take back your life, your marriage, and be stronger than ever. This is the PBSC Squared Podcast. Hey, everybody. Mark and Steve here coming at you from the PBSC podcast. It's great to be with you today. I hope you guys are doing well as you start off your week. Uh, The weather over here, at least for us, is good. Hopefully you are getting out and, well, I guess it depends on where you're at in the world. We have have listeners now in over 130 countries, so it actually might be getting cold for some of you. Yeah, you're above the equator. As we're getting warm. So yeah. I misspoke, but wherever you're at, we hope you're doing well. Um, welcome to part, uh, it's episode 122 today, part three of our three-part series, how Mark and Steve moved from defensiveness to fighting for their marriages. And this is the conclusion. So we are wrapping this up, come hell or high water today. So <laughs> we're going to move through this real quick. And we're going to we're gonna talk a little bit about hanging back Got a funny, well, it's funny now. It wasn't funny at the time. Comical, quick example for you. My wife and I, uh, so my my mom owns a cabin a short distance from where we live, about an hour and away, about an hour away. And my wife and I, uh, we typically go up there for like family gatherings. And uh, as the we are able to joke about it now, we weren't before, but uh, we used to not be able to make it up to that cabin without me going into hanging back mode. When we talk about this, you know, hanging back uh, versus leading out. That's what we're going to be talking about today: is hanging back versus leading out. And uh, for me, hanging back looked like between when we would leave our house and the almost hour drive to the cabin, we would either a we would get into some sort of fight or discussion, or I'd get sucked into shame, and would always end up with the same thing: me in kind of mopey Eeyore mode, um, ready to just back out of going up to the cabin and saying things like, "Why should we even go? Why are we even heading up there?" We're just going to fill out divorce papers when we get back. This is just silly. I can't believe we're even doing this. No one's going to want us up there. And we would we would almost talk ourselves. I would almost talk us out of having a great recharging time with family and loved ones because, you know, being sucked down into this Eeyore shame mode, you know, hanging back looks like a lot of things. And we're going to talk about that. But uh, but the shame and Eeyore mode, that was the one that that was the avatar that Steve really fronted. But there are lots of pieces to this. Yeah, there's there's lots of ways <laughs> that we as guys hang, hang back in mm-hmm. our recovery. 
And I've probably, I've probably done all of these that we're going to mention. So let's just jump into the list. So list one of them, off. of course, is this attitude of check the boxes, Yeah. right? I'm going to check all the boxes that are required of me in recovery. And if something comes up with my spouse or my partner, that's not on the list of boxes that have been checked, then you can't expect it of me. It's the old, well, wait a second. That wasn't on the list. That, that wasn't one of the things that you, that you demanded. Right. Mm-hmm. And so we get into this thing of, of, you know, doing the bare minimum, doing only what we've talked about and nothing sure. else. And what does it do for the attic brain? It gives, it gives me a way out. If yeah. it's not on the list, then I'm, then I don't have to do it or I'm not responsible or accountable. Or we didn't talk about that. Right. <laughs> that whole thing. I chuckled a ton about that one as we were planning today because I just that so resonated with me. You know, we we do we get really intellectual. Um, sometimes you know we will we will be the ones waiting for our spouse to apply pressure, right, before taking any sort of action. Yes, right. Just doing doing the minimum, kind of like the what Mark just said. Right, it's not on the list. Well, you, well, you didn't ask me to do that. You didn't you didn't ask me to smile today. Like, why should I be expected to smile today? That's <laughs> And nobody told me to do that. You know, I'm doing what I need to do. Or you, that didn't seem like that was important to you because you didn't get mad. Yes. I pretty much do everything yes. I do waiting for you to get mad to see if you're oh. really serious about it. We're just chuckling because we so can relate to this. We know for many of you, this is a really hard topic, but, oh my God. Uh, but it, you know, this, this is very pervasive and most, most spouses by this point are probably shaking their head. Yes, this is totally our thing. And a lot of you guys are maybe starting to see this too. Um, you know, we talked about a little bit going into kind of that mopey victim mode. Yeah. Um, uh, Mark has Mark has sung a an old take on or a new take on an old tune before on here. <laughs> Nobody likes me. Everybody hates me. Think I'll go watch some porn. Right? <laughs> yeah, it used I to think. be grade school. <laughs> Everyone hates me. Nobody likes me. Think I'll eat some worms. Yeah, we changed that to change, change that over to think I'll go watch some porn. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we again joke about it, but totally. How often do we as addicts do that, right? Yeah, um, we get really intellectual, right? There's oftentimes this, this uh, we get intellectual, like there's this fairness piece, right? Oh, I was, yeah, a, yeah I was a huge one of this. Well, the 50 50 attitude, I will blank once the other person does blank. Yeah, once or- my wife does this, then I'll get into it. Or I've been doing this and you haven't acknowledged that I've been yes. doing this. And so that's not fair. And so I'm oh, just going to stop doing everything. So true. Right. Oh, my yeah, God. Absolutely. And so these so, are all examples. Yeah, we, the list could go on and on and on. The whole thing, the whole thing, guys, is we talk about fighting for our marriages, for our relationships. It's how do you move into the mindset or the attitude going from hanging back, doing the minimum, waiting to be reminded, waiting for somebody to get upset, to take it serious all these ways that we hang back, how do you move from that place to leading out, mm-hmm. right? Leading out, stepping up, moving out in front. And, you know, Steve, you often talk about going from this place of, you know, from hopeless to hopeful. Yeah. Yeah. Being, you know, moving from that headspace of that, you know, I call it the cabin mentality, right? Of everything's ending and doom and gloom. And why are we trying? And, why are we going forward? And again, we do, we do joke, but we understand, you know, as guys in recovery, how hard it can be, especially when you get as deep into the, not just the addiction itself, but all of the thinking errors and the self, the lack of self-worth that comes with it, how hard it can be 
to really see a way forward. Well, um, and, and to see a way forward in two ways. I mean, one of the big things for me was I'm never going to overcome this. Oh, yeah, for sure. Always going to come back to bite me in the butt. It's going to be with me. I do sell. I'm going to, I'm taking this addiction to the grave. Mm -hmm. So you get hopeless about that. If you could ever be, ever have your last relapse or be permanently sober. So so you're hopeless about that. And then you're hopeless about the relationship. Is this ever going to get better? Is this ever going to stay good? Yeah. No, absolutely. Right. It's, it's trying and, and, and being able to move from that headspace that we cultivate over years and years in this process um, into a hopeful place uh, is really, really difficult. So there's a couple of things that we have to do, right. As we, as we, as we go through this process of moving, moving the relationship forward, because this is a real, you know, moving out of this hanging back piece, you got to understand guys, there's a big part of this that is doesn't just involve you. It kind of involves changing or shaking up the roles that each of you play Definitely. right in different discussions. My yeah. wife, for example, when we would be heading up the Canyon and I'd go into hopeless mode, one of the things that was so exhausting to my wife was it would almost kind of with our drama triangle that we talked about on the program. Sometimes we would, uh, my wife would almost be forced to go to that place of either rescue or abandonment because I was just an anchor on the relationship. Mm, right? Yeah, definitely. I was just, I was just like, you know, you're going to have to drag me through the mud and it was exhausting and it would shift us into this place of damage control mm. rather than actually really changing. Right. And, and that's the big <clears throat> piece, right. Is, is, is moving from a kind of building off what you said, Mark, there's a, so many of us, we've become so ingrained in this idea that we can never get better. I was in that same place too, that without even realizing it almost on a subconscious level, we really are operating from a place as addicts and we're either placating or doing damage control, right? We're just trying to keep things going as opposed to cultivating a vision. We're going to talk about that for a second of actual healing and growth. Well, and as I was growing up, that was always what was modeled to me in relationships. Nothing changed until somebody got really angry. Somebody blew up, right? It got to the place where people just couldn't take it anymore. And then you would see things change for a bit. Yeah. And that's what I saw all around me. And I didn't know what this leading out thing was. Right. I had, I had male figures in my life that, you know, did the bare minimum, waited for the wife to blow up before they would actually take it serious. And that was what I saw with pretty much all the relationships that surrounded me. Right. One of the things I I would, I'd like to ask all those, all the guys listening is why are you working recovery? Why do you want to be sober? Who's it for? What are, you, what are you really trying to achieve? Is it, for me, in early recovery, right, to get my wife off my back? Yes. It's to keep things even. Let's, right, no confrontation, no difficulty. Let's just, oh, my gosh, things have been calm for a while. Let's keep it that way. And that was, like, my main motivation. Don't yeah. ripple the waters. Yeah. There's a lot of conflict avoidance and just somehow – I don't know. I kind of pictured myself like in a plane where like one wing's half falling off, the engine on the other <laughs> wing is on fire. And like, I'm just kind of running around like the solo crew member. Just keep it in the air. Keep just, it in the air. Yeah. Like, I'm, you know, you're just going through and you're just kind of, you're, you're just duck MacGyvering it, you know, just the whole thing's being held together with duct tape and a couple of paper clips. And you're just somehow trying to keep the thing, this thing, our marriage or, or our, you know, hope for happiness somehow in the air. And so we're operating from this place because, and we, because we've done that our whole lives, right? We've, we as addicts, we've, we've experienced so much what? So much, at least in this area, if not in multiple areas, just so much failure. 
Yeah. Um, that it's hard to even see the plane that we're in is anything other than that thing with the wing falling off. Yeah. You know, and, and to be able to cultivate. So it, there really is a, a, a huge shift in vision that has to happen. And when, when we work with guys in our clinic, when I work with a guy in my clinic, one of the things we will talk about is creating this vision, you know, it, because that's helpful, not just in getting you invested in recovery. We talk about that a lot on here on the program, because you got to be in it for you, but really looking at it through the lens of, of kind of dreaming, right? We experts, we addicts, we are experts at fantasy, total experts. We can fantasize like nobody's business. The problem is it's all used for, I don't know if you'd call it evil or darkness or whatever for, for bad. Self-medication, right? self-scape, yeah. avoidance, self-soothing. So can yeah, we I fantasize often, about the positive? Yeah, I often tell my guy, I say, look, you're an expert at visualization. <laughs> you are an absolute, yes. if there was a visualization Olympics, I take me and all my sex addicts and we'd go and we'd win all the gold medals because we are yes. expert visualizers. What we're suggesting is that you would now turn that to your benefit. Yeah. See what it is that you're headed for. See what it is that you want, right? Go from this place of play, placating and doing damage control to, to, to healing and growth, mm-hmm. right? What my, my, uh, my focus for so long was how can I not fail so terribly? Yes. How can I mitigate my failure? How can I, how can I make it so that it's not so awful? That's a great way to put it. Not how can I succeed? No. How can failure be not as, you know, not as horrible. Absolutely. <laughs> less Absolutely. failure, Mark. Let's go for less failure, Mark. So true. <laughs> so the question becomes, right, how do we start to shift this out? How, do, how, does, how does an addict where we've had this dynamic where one spouse has been kind of pulling the reins and we've been kind of dragging our feet the whole time, how do we change this? You know, <clears throat> for me and my wife, uh, for Brittany and I, some of the magic really happened when, obviously, we're directing this towards addicts today, but there's when we when we start talking about healthy boundaries and setting them and keeping those with each other, that evolves into a couple of different things. And one of those is the mindset that we're talking about today. We use the the phrase, and I, I use it with clients, you know, look, this, we, we both have to get in a space of, look, this train, this train of recovery, like it's leaving the station either way, right? We have to, we can't continue to wait. There'll always be a reason to wait, right? When it comes to the train leaving the station, there'll always be a reason to hold back or why it's not going to work or what, you know, or whatever. And at some point in time, we have to simply put one foot in front of the other. And we have to say, you know what, we're, we're just going to move in a direction. We're going to get to, we're going to head in a bet in a direction because where we're at is awful. And I'm going to invite my spouse to get on board, right? As addicts, we have to pick up the, I think we have to pick up the pieces, even when our spouses may not believe in us, even when we don't believe in ourselves, right? We have to put that first foot in front of the, the other and just say, you know, I don't know if this is even going to work, but I'm just going to try, right? I'm going to head in a direction. Any, the phrase that comes to mind is, is I borrow, I'm borrowing it from a movie is, you know, where do I want to go? Well, anywhere but here. Right. <laughs> right. Anywhere right. but here. And this, the train is leaving and I'm getting on it you know, whether you're coming or not can sound like a, mm, a, a non-loving sort Almost of, like defiant. Yeah, like a defiant thing, but it isn't. What it's saying oh. is it really is, in, is, is expressing commitment yes. and inspires confidence. I'm getting on this train and I'm going forward. And, and, and Steve, you brought this up. If, whether, if, you're, if you're not able to join me on this train right now, 
I understand, but please know I'm, I'm jumping on and anytime you can get on board, I'm here. Yeah. Instead of, instead of the old addict attitude as well, I'm going forward in recovery. And if you just can't join, if you just won't join me, then I'm just going to go forward with an attitude Mm -hmm. where it's no, I'm doing this for me. I want to become me 2.0. And yes, I want a relationship to work, but it isn't contingent on whether you're able to join me right now or not. Yeah. Shifting that dynamic in the relationship, right? Because the reality is, is that both Brittany and I and every couple I think experiences this, even though I was definitely the more hopeless one, there were times where the opposite would happen. Right. And where my spouse is in that place of like, Mm -hmm. gosh, I don't know if we're going to make it. Like, how are we going to do this? Right. And the problem is, as long as we're caught in that codependent dynamic with our spouse of either us being in our hopeless place or those times when our spouse is, we're going to never leave. At some point, we have to make that break and say, you know, this, this cycle, it's just not working. And I don't even know how to do it, but I'm just going to, I'm going to try. You know, one of the things that we talk, we talk about in, in recovery is, spouses in this process, they are the ones historically who have let out so much in the relationship, right? Trying to find healing, trying to get into recovery, trying to make change, trying to help us overcome this addiction. Yeah. Trying to been, push us and remind us and yeah. They've cry. been emotionally bushwhacking, right? Is what we yeah, call it. I like that. Think of somebody the in the jungle with a, with a machete hacking their way a path through the jungle so you can move forward. Our Absolutely. spouses often are the, they're the ones carrying the emotional machete. So is so really guys this leading out piece means metaphorically in whatever way shape or form it needs to happen for you as you kind of examine where you're at in the relationship in cuz in some ways you're probably already doing this but in other ways you're likely not is picking up that machete and just saying you know what you've been doing this solo or most excuse me mostly solo for way too long and I'm going to I'm going to bushwhack for us I right? like, I'm going yeah, I'm going to bushwhack for both of us now I'm going to take a turn. Like it's time Love for me it. to lead yes. out and make this happen. Yes. And maybe and you don't know how. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you don't know how, but right. what do we say? Look, the machete's on the ground right there. Pick the damn thing up and just start waving your arms. <laughs> just start moving. Show right? up. Take a step. I, I had a colleague years ago. He said, he said, you know what? I found that if I just show up, good things happen. I love that. It's really true. It really is true, right? I just, I'm, we're going to go, we're going to go somewhere with this, right? I'm, I'm moving forward in whatever direction. It's something more positive than what we have. And you just put one foot in front of the other because guys, even if you take a step forward, I know we're all like failure prone. I know one of the barriers that keeps us stuck in this leading out is that fear of failure. Well, what if I try, Steve? What if I try and I screw it up? I hear that from guys all the time. Mm-hmm. If you try and screw it up, first of all, I think, the vast majority of spouses out there after they pick their job off the ground would just be appreciative of the trying. Like you tried, uh, but the Without second me piece, having to tell you, you actually, yeah. you actually did it. Absolutely. Well, and then we bring in the Thomas Edison quote, right? If you try and you fail, well, you just found another way not to make that light bulb. Exactly. It's, at least it's a, pro- it, we're moving forward, right? We're mo- we're moving in a direction. Exactly. We can, we can retool and we can come back into it, but it's, it's moving into that place of invitation, right? This is happening. Like, please join me on this journey. I, I get that you can't, you may not be able to believe in this journey or me right now. And I get it, but I'm going to, I'm going to move forward. I'm going to, I'm just going to take a step. I'm going to do something. Yeah. I, I love what you say, Steve. I'm going to believe in me, even if you're not able to right now. 
Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Very yeah. true. So uh, that involves a couple of other things. We've kind of already touched on this, right? But finding ways, guys, to, to seek out and maintain proactive sobriety and accountability planning, right? Oh, Bush, yes. You know, this bushwhacking means, you know, you guys stepping, you're, again, our spouses likely struggle a lot or at least have historically struggled with, you know, we call it hypervigilance is the clinical term, right? In situations there, the, the traumatized brain will kind of go into overdrive, scanning and looking for potential threats to the marriage or to safety or whatever. Yeah, we're headed to the beach for vacation next month or, yeah. oh God, we're going to the mall on Friday or we're going to be at the family gathering where his ex is going to be there or there's an office party with all the, you know, the hot women. There's all of these circumstances, people and places that are triggering that we talked about in our, in our episode last, you know, last time in episode 121, mm-hmm. you want more on triggering people and places, go look at that one. But we, as we, as guys in recovery leading out saying, you know what, this event's coming up and sweetheart, I've tapped into my support system. I've talked with my sponsor, or other guys in my group who've faced this before. Here's my plan. Yeah. Here it is. For us, for me and us to have success, what do you think? Mm-hmm. I, but I lead out. I put that plan together. I anticipate something difficult coming up. Yeah, such a big part of this leading out. Yeah, and lastly, guys, there is really uh, an element to this of living like you're having that success until you begin having it. Mm. Um, yeah, and this is really hard for us to do because I mean that's really in all seriousness, we can connect with you guys who are struggling to see how you could make this change because you have been doing this dynamic. Chances are, if you're like Mark and I at all, since this way, this behavior, this tendency, this, this personality character defect has been present and predates your marriage and probably a lot of other relationships. Yeah. The hanging too. back tendency has been Absolutely. with us for a long, long time. So it, there is an element of, of kind of a faking it till you make it right? We have to, if we're going to cultivate that vision in some ways, we have to say, if I was killing it in this process, what would be my next step? And then we could take it. Yeah. If I was really good at this, what would I do? Yeah. How would I look at this? this? Yeah. How would I, if I really had this down, what would, what would a guy who's really got this down? What would he do? What would he be like? If I had worth and I had value, how would I treat my recovery today? We talk about that all the time, Mm -hmm. right? If I was worth recovery today, how would I work it? If you're struggling to figure out how to what you should do for recovery today, that's a great question to ask. Yeah. If I was worth recovery today, if I was in a place where I was a high, if I was a high performance car, if I looked at myself like you know a, a Lamborghini Diablo instead of a that '92 Civic I have outside, <laughs> you know, what would I do to maintain that today? Yeah, I love it. Well, as we wrap up, where our invitation to you is, you know, take a look at how things have been. What's one way you've been hanging back? And what's one way with regard to that you, that you can begin to lead out? Absolutely. Just pick one. Here's how I've been hanging back. Here's how I'm going to lead out. Sure. And just start going. Because, right, a guy in recovery, once he's got a little bit of momentum, he typically continues to be in recovery, to have that momentum. You just need to get something going. Yeah. Awesome. Well, guys, all right, as, al- as always, we, we appreciate you. Please do get us your questions and thoughts. and. Uh, directions and, and things that we can be helping you with that uh, send us a contact submission. It's at pbscpodcast.com. And uh, as always, we would love to have you join us in our Dare to Connect program. We are running a two-week free trial on that. 
uh, taking your recovery to the next level. If you like what you see here, uh, we can bring this to you on an interactive level where we can ask, answer your questions. You can get answers, uh, interact with you uh, guys as a group uh, in live real time. You can also access recorded sessions of that as well. Uh, those are three times a week, and uh, you can learn more about that at daretoconnectnow.com. All right. Great to be with you, and uh, we will see you next time on PBSE. Take care. Everything expressed on the PBSE podcast are the opinions of the hosts and the participants and is for informational and educational purposes only. This podcast should not be considered mental health therapy or as a substitute thereof. It is strongly recommended that you seek out the clinical guidance of an individual qualified mental health professional. If you're experiencing thoughts of suicide, self-harm, or a desire to harm others, please dial 911 or go to your nearest emergency room.